was beautiful. Thank you so much. What a gift and joy to share in worship together, to be led with such talent and with such depth and beauty, and to give thanks and glory to God. Our scripture today comes from the book of Acts in the fifth chapter. If you'd like to read along, please note we made a mistake in our bulletin printing. Don't read along with the text in your bulletin. That would be the Gospel of Luke. <laughs> Instead, I invite you, if you'd like to read along, on to, page, to our Red Pew Bibles on page 123, or to just listen as I read from the book of Acts in the fifth chapter. Again, starting with verse 17. I'm sorry, 27. When they had brought them, they had them stand before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you the strict orders not to teach in this name, yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. You are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior, that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and holy God, God of resurrection, open our hearts this day that we might hear your life-giving words to us, that through the gift of the Holy Spirit, you might inspire these words that we might be so amazed with the power of resurrection that we would be moved to, to not only see, but to touch and to feel and to trust in your new life for us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may remember the singer around the 1980s, launched a new song that really cemented his career as a solo artist. Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> launched the song Crazy Train. Yeah. Now, I was in early elementary school, so I didn't know his song Crazy Train at that time where he says, I'm going off the rails, it's a crazy train. Early elementary school, I didn't go off the rails quite so much. It was later in life I was introduced to this crazy train by a sunny cider. Later in life I learned about Ozzy Osbourne riding this rolling crazy train, leaving the rails. And I think today, again, we're invited, as we read the book of Acts, to leave the rails, to join a train, to join this train that many would call crazy. 
For many generations and for many different reasons, the apostles and the disciples of the Christian church have been seen as going off the rails of life. Maybe not quite in the same way as Ozzy Osbourne talked about or lived and modeled in his own life. But a crazy train, a crazy movement, one that, was just, that began after Christ died, was crucified, and was raised again. One that doesn't follow the authorities of this world, but one that says the conductor of my train is the person of the risen Jesus Christ. And I think from this perspective of the book of Acts, we're taught that the human rails that were offered in this life, these are not the best rails. These are maybe not even our rails. You see, what is the book of Acts? In the book of Acts, we see it is a book about the Holy Spirit. After having looked through the four Gospels, learned and heard and lived the stories of Jesus being born through the mother, his mother Mary, as a young child, learning about his ministry and life and growth. When we come to the book of Acts, we no longer see the birth and the life of Jesus incarnate. Instead, we see God being born again, but this time not in one body. We see God born in the body of believers. In Acts, we see the apostles and the early disciples who received this breath of their Lord, maybe brushed and clean, but this breath that is made new in the Holy Spirit, that's made new in the bodies of our world, that's gifted to all of us. It can be a crazy train for sure. The book of Acts is full of adventures. One commentator even says the book of Acts is like the gospel of the Holy Spirit. We've learned what God did through Jesus Christ. Now we're learning in Acts what God does through the Holy Spirit. We learn that God comes and can perform artificial artificial uh, resuscitation on a room full, maybe on a train full of well-intentioned writers. And that through this force, resurrection can change the history of our world, can change the course of our world. In the four gospels, the story moves towards Jerusalem. But starting in Acts, the story starts in Jerusalem, and it begins to spread. First in Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. We are made witnesses to God's reign, not simply as a passive observer, but by making known what we've seen, making known what we have heard and sharing this story. Last week, we started on a sermon series, The Verbs of Faith, and we learned in Easter the verb run, that we, are, we can run with new life and the joy of life that God has given us through the resurrection. 
today, a little uncomfortably, Pastor Joel, I have to say, <laughs> I was given the verb obey. It's not my favorite word. <laughs> but I think the invitation for us in this text, the invitation in obeying God, is to know that we are invited on to this crazy train, that we don't have to be the conductor, that we have a sure and competent that we have a capable leader and savior who leads our train ahead. So today we pick up this story, remembering the race and the running to life and the gift of resurrection. And we come into this our second week of Easter with this hope and this possibility. And then we see Peter, Peter and the disciples, who are told not to share this story, told very clearly to stop talking about what they've seen and heard. And they come again before the leaders of the day, being accused of what they have done, but stepping outside of the rails. Peter responds to them, yes, we are talking about what we have seen and heard. And he doesn't just leave it with Jesus, but he says, we will talk about Jesus, the one you put on a cross, the one who hung and died. We won't be quiet because the God of our ancestors has raised him to life. And so we will follow God. We will tell this message. We will share this story. And so they won't be quiet. Even though the authorities came and said, hey, we told you not to do that, but you just couldn't help yourselves, they reply and are clear. Our allegiance, it is to God. Our allegiance is not to any human authority. It is indeed a pretty crazy train to step onto. They didn't plan to start a religion. They were part of a movement. The authorities knew it. They saw this train beginning to race. They tried to stop it, but it couldn't be stopped. This is the mark of Easter, the mark of hope. And Peter couldn't hold back. He didn't hide the resurrection. He didn't hide the truth, even the scars of Jesus. I think sometimes we have a tendency in the church today to want to hide the resurrection and the scars of Jesus' life and resurrection. But Peter didn't protect that story. He told the whole truth. Sometimes we feel like we have to clean up this story because it is gory and hard to hear and hard to tell, I think, too, sometimes. A few years back, I heard an interview with an, on TV, an interviewer who sat down with a leading televangelist at that time, 
the evangelist talked about the good life of Jesus, the one that we are all invited to know. But the interviewer pushed him and said, but what about the resurrection? The evangelist said, oh, Jesus, he was the most successful, maybe the most successful preacher, tele-evangelist of all time. And the interviewer said, but wait, didn't he end up on the cross? The televangelist replied, oh no, he overcame that cross and put it all behind him. But friends, that is not the message according to Peter. That is not the message told by John in the Gospels today. That is not the message of Jesus who meets Thomas. We can tell the whole story. Story. We might prefer God to clean up all those wounds when Jesus comes back to meet us. But Jesus met the disciples, wounds on his hands. Jesus had these scars, standing, not bound by death, standing in life and still touched by the scars. So Thomas stands before the risen Christ. He touches those wounded hands and his sides. Just as Peter stands before the council in Acts today, declaring resurrection, wounds and all. So friends, we stand with good company, I believe, as we tell this story, wounds intact, with other disciples. These wounds that show us we are part of creation, wounds that mark us, but not wounds that stop us. For we are a forgiven people. We are a resurrection people. We are a people of hope. Christian writer Anne Lamont says, faith includes noticing the mess, the emptiness, and the discomfort, and letting it be there until some light returns. I think people keep telling this resurrection story, scars and all, with the audacity to hope in transformation, to believe that this crazy train that started so many generations ago is inviting us on, is inviting us to be a passenger, to take this ride, to let the Holy God lead us through this life. We don't have to do it all all we do is step on. That is the step of obedience. So friends, we cannot help now. We cannot help but to talk about this good word of hope, to talk about this crazy train and the ride that leads us to resurrection, to stand in good company with those around us, 
to see the hope of God who mingles among us, who calls us forward to run this race with faith and hope and obedience. Thanks be to God for this good gift, now and always. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen.